Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Deal or opportunity? Sometimes when you look at a property that may be in a particular zoning or a property that's on a major freeway or simply a property that has low rents, the wrong tenants, the wrong type of property in a different location, maybe in a flood zone, bushfire zone, or simply you need to swap out a tenant or that the property is run down and not loved. There's multiple different ways that the property may turn up, but do you see it as an opportunity or a deal breaker? Sometimes properties come with defects, especially in commercial property. Nothing is quite perfect if you really want to get ultimate value for your money. So how do you know if something is a deal breaker versus something that is an opportunity? Join me for this podcast and let me walk you through what I see is an opportunity, what I see is a deal breaker. Today I'm actually going to talk about deal breakers in commercial property. Look, I talked a lot about due diligence in my previous videos, what to look for, what not to. But one of the things that we haven't talked about is what are some of the key deal breakers in due diligence. Uh, part one, before I had a video about where we assess and compare deals. So which is the deal, what is the best as you compare them and why you would choose one over the other. The returns, the area and all the things that you like. Now when you come back to the second lot of comparisons, which I promise I would do a video on today, is that video on what are the deal breakers as you go through due diligence. So some of the things that people have raised issues about is firstly flooding, buying things in a flood area. Now there's flood and flood, right? And the way that people classify flood is that if the area is near a creek or the area is near a uh, sea or is near somewhere that is got um, had had traditional flooding, it's counted as a flood area. Now that does not mean that the property is going to flood, right? So we need to look at the history of the property and when it flooded and to what and what the property is. So if it's a warehouse property, flooding is probably not going to be an issue. If it's a retail property or an office property, it's probably going to be more of an issue. So the reason for that is warehouse, most things are on, you know, most things are above. Uh, most people are using it as industrial, most people are using it as a work shed. There's not going to be a lot of equipment you can damage. And most of the time, if they do flood, it might be ankle deep. And so it's probably not going to be an issue. Now, there's also certain areas, especially around Queensland, where things always flood. It's in a flood zone. For example, Maroochydore, the whole of Maroochydore is built on a flood zone. Gympie, main streets of Gympie is built on a flood zone. Uh, there is areas around Brisbane. Um, areas around all around North Queensland, so areas around Rockhampton, almost all uh, you know, Townsville that have flooded in the past. But the thing is, just because it's in a flood area does not mean that you should avoid or buy that area because it may or may not impact your future sales. And that's what most people think about. Firstly, if the area is for development potential, so you want to go up and it's industrial land, then flooding may not be an issue. Secondly, if flooding only impacts part of the property, it may not be an issue. So I've seen properties in Toowoomba that are flooding only on a corner. You could raise that corner with a fill or you could use that corner for, you know, for car spaces and parking and that may not affect your flooding, 
that. There's also areas where it will just generally flood and there's nothing you can and you can do about it. Things like in Gympie, the main street in Mary Street floods, and that's just always in a flood zone, has always been. Uh, for example, even the council chambers in Richardor are built on a flood zone. So all of the surrounding buildings are on a flood zone. But doesn't mean that you don't transact in those buildings, doesn't mean you couldn't build on those buildings, it's just the way that some areas are the way that it's meant to be. Just like uh, in New South Wales and in Victoria, one of the big things that we're impacted by is bushfires. It's in a bushfire zone uh, and it, it's got certain codes to comply with. So you just got to work around what it is. It is not always a break, a deal breaker for flood. So because, you know, some people, if they're buying from, from uh, Queensland into Victoria, they may be worried about uh, bushfires. And there's a lot more fire bushfire zones around New South Wales and Victoria than there is in Queensland. So Queensland's got flooding, we've got bushfires here. So if you're going to live in Australia and buy in Australia, that's just all part and parcel of it. Secondly, people are worried about whether they're getting the absolute best deal, getting a beautiful property with no headaches going forward. So maintenance, cost of maintenance. So this is where things start to get a little bit interesting because anyone right now in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane will go out and buy a million dollar residential property. And that property may have to get a new carpet, new blind, coat of paint, and they could easily spend anywhere from 10 to 15 to $20,000 doing that property up. Right, depending on whether they're spending a million or three million dollars, no complaints. They just take the property as is. But all of a sudden, we have five thousand, ten thousand dollars of repairs on a commercial property, and they think it's a deal breaker. Well, to put it in a in a nicer sense, you'll be an idiot to walk away from your deal if you think a five or ten thousand uh, dollar maintenance cost is a deal breaker in commercial property. If you don't have a whole roof that need to be replaced. If you don't have major leaks or waterproof issues or structural issues, meaning the footings are moved or any of those things, then main general maintenance on a property is what comes part and parcel of owning property. If you don't want something that's, that's got maintenance, then buy something that's brand new. Buy something that's brand new, pay the premium. Pay the premium and you get a brand new build with appreciation and everything else. But if you're not going to pay the premium and you don't want to pay the premium in the market, then you have to buy a property that will have some maintenance costs. And that maintenance cost will be something that will happen in the first 12 or 24 months, which may be five or $10,000. It will be, you know, maybe rescrewing some of the screws that's rusted out um, in, the, in the roof. It will be uh, maybe resealing the bathroom, maybe changing a tap. It might be a really good clean of the property, or often it is. Uh, and it also may be that they might have some uh, previous termite damage that's no longer live. So you might have, you know, some banisters or some parts of wood you need to replace. There might be some hand railings because it's not compliant. So there may be all sorts of things like that that needs to be done. Or there might be a bit of concrete that you need to patch up. So these are some of the things that are not deal breakers that people do think it's a deal breaker, but they're not. They're just part of maintaining it. And you should not let your fears be in the way of that. Because if you think about it, in in residential, you almost have to fix up every property you buy unless you buy a brand new build, which means, again, you're paying the premium. It's the same in commercial as well. So your due diligence team and the people who are mentoring you and supporting you should be telling you what's a deal breaker and what is not. And this is what we do as part of what we do with our clients as part of our buyer's agency program. And the way we call it a program is because we actually mentor them through what's the right deal for them as well. 
Number three, the third thing that people look at when they're assessing commercial property deals and then comparing is comparing back into the market right now. And it's always interesting to do this because we're in a rising market. Every time you get out of a deal, the next deal is going to be lower. You think you might have got in at 6% and you might think, oh my God, maybe I've got in a lower deal. If you break that deal in a month time when your due diligence and finance comes up, you're going to be getting 5.5% in the market or even worse at 5% because that's how fast the market is compressing at the moment. So if you're in a deal, unless there's absolutely deal breakers is going to cost you $50,000 don't break the deal uh, do what you can to negotiate to fix it because commercial property is all about negotiation and how you negotiate and most of the time people go in and negotiate on the wrong things negotiate on the bigger items not on the smaller items because smaller items you can fix up bigger items you can't so and one of the big big keys in there is that about rent right and that's the number four thing we talk about is about rent okay so rent you got to look at where the tenants paying now what can they pay in the future so what we're seeing at the moment because of what's happening in COVID, is that a lot of tenants are paying the maximum amount of rent they can under the circumstances and there's really no more room to grow so if you've got a government tenant you've got a medical tenant you have uh, any of the allied health tenants or any of the tenants that are even associated with government grants or anything there's nowhere else for them to go and the reason there's nowhere else for them to go is because the uh, they're at the maximum of their grant and also they're at the maximum of what the market is charging at the moment because there's downward pressure on rent. So if you end up getting a property that's on low market rent that in the next one to two years you can put up rent, then that is actually a gem. And the reason for that is, and you can define that by doing comparisons in the market, you can do that by looking at what other people are paying and what other people are, are selling properties on, and that's all going to be helpful. And the reason that is so important to you right now is because the thing is, there is a lot of people that are not going to be able to put up rents for two or three years because there is, um, it's basically a tenant's market when it comes to rentals. However, if the tenant's already on lower rent, as the market squeezes and as market changes and there's lower vacancies which will happen in the next sort of six to 12 months so from about uh, June next year uh, we'll start having more confidence in the market more people go into leasing you'll have an ability to actually change and put up your rent and swap out your tenant but you can't do that now so if you do have an opportunity with that it gives you a great opportunity to get an uplift in the back end which means that you could get a a rent that is going to be higher than your rent you're currently getting now so you're getting a rent that is so giving you a higher yield so a higher return while the market is lowering which means that you're actually going to get a boost in your capital gains now so a lot of people don't understand that as rents go up so does the value of your commercial property but a lot of people don't get that and they thought oh well I'm stuck with a low rent well you're not sometimes you're stuck with a low rent because the lease is done wrong and that you can't change and that may or may not be a deal breaker sometimes you have a low rent because the vendor hasn't bothered to put it up or do anything to it and if that's the case then you have an option to go in and slowly put up the rent and if you do it at the right time or it means that if you swap out the tenant and because there's very little vacancies in the property that actually means you have a great opportunity so don't mistake the opportunity for a deal breaker and that's what I'm seeing in commercial property is that there's so many people running rampant they're mistaking deal breakers with opportunity so we talked about four things today and these are four key things we look at we compare the market where you are where you could be getting in the market right now and are you getting a good deal because every time you break a deal you're going to end up with a lower yield in coming in further coming I've got clients who broke a deal at 8% now they have to settle for 6% and that was within a 12 month period right so 
that's what's happening in the market. Remember, the vendor doesn't need to sell to you because there's plenty of buyers. There's one to ten buyers. So there's, for every property, there's ten buyers out there. So that's why you have to stick to your time frame. You have to really know what's a deal breaker and what's an opportunity. And that's really key. Being in a flood zone. Flood, bushfire, all of those things are natural disasters. Not everything's a deal breaker because it's in a flood zone or a bushfire zone. If it's in a flood zone, it's got different codes. In a bushfire zone, it's got different codes. Um, flood zones, look at the property itself. Look at how you can get out of flood zone. Look what you can build there. Look at the potential of the property and then decide if it's a deal breaker. Look at the type of property. If it's industrial, it may not matter. And look at if it's retail, what kind of tenants and how it impacted the tenant. Look at the history of the property. So don't assume everything's a deal breaker. Don't look at the negatives. Look, you've got to balance things out with look at opportunity versus negativity. And that's really, really important when you do a deal. Because if you look at the negative, you're going to walk out every deal and you're going to end up wishing that you did the first deal you got into right number three is we're going to look at we talked about a little bit about maintenance we look about deal breakers and maintenance right structural versus cosmetic you're always going to have something where you need some maintenance right so you will need to look at maintenance as part of it but only for the first 12 months you do that with residential anyway so you shouldn't be quibbling about commercial if you quibble and make cosmetic maintenance a deal breaker then like I said before, you're being an idiot because in this market, it is buying at the premium, a brand new build means that you are paying over the market. Whereas you buy something with maintenance, you're paying at market or below market and you're getting a better deal. So do yourself a favor and look at maintenance, whether it's a deal breaker, whether it is a deal breaker, depending on if it's structural or cosmetic. If it's structural, then you can negotiate, look at how much it's gonna cost and if the vendor is willing to do it, then you may stay in the deal or you may not stay in the deal because if it's too big a structural like concrete cancer you obviously walk away if it is a uh, if it's cosmetic when you're just fixing up things making a few things compliant then that's not a deal breaker it's just about making a list making an action right property manager right advice read mentorship to get it fixed right and that includes compliance as well and then finally we're talking about uh, the different the opportunity of in the market in terms of your whether you're a low rent or getting something with slightly not quite right so don't look at things that's not quite right as deal breakers they're actually uh, they're actually opportunities, but you've got to be with the right people who can mentor you through this if you want to truly get a great deal Great um, With a great deal that has great future potential because remember every commercial property is not about now It's about also future potential and where the first property can take you to the second property You've got to think about that in the sense that where am I going to be ten years from now five years from now seven years from now? And that is your key and so with the right mentorship the right team behind you, the right people guiding you, you will know what's a deal breaker and what is not. And sometimes you are looking in the wrong direction. And this is why you need us, why you need the Helen Tarrant team, who are trained to look at things from a different point of view, who are trained to do wealth creation for our clients. So if this is what you're interested in, reach out to me, helentarrant.com. Let's jump on a strategy call. Let me show you how you can replace your income with passive income from commercial property and how you can build wealth through commercial property. You've been listening to Commercial Property Investor Show. Tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property.